Damn you, sir. You've set my standing orders to defiance and made tenacious a spectacle before the fleet. How dare you attempt an excuse of your conduct? Captain Rowley's words could be heard right across the quarterdeck, even above the streaming rain and bluster of the filthy weather. Sir, my respects, but I judged it to be... Judge! It is not your place to judge, Mr. Kidd. No, sir. It is your sworn duty to ensure my orders are strictly obeyed, all of them, and most especially my written orders. Rowley's nostrils flared. And this is not the first time I've had the disagreeable necessity of remonstrating with you concerning your conduct since I have come aboard. Sir, this is... Enough! Rowley shouted. You, sir, have tried my patience too far. Kidd's stomach tightened. You are now confined to your cabin until such time as the Commander-in-Chief is informed of your conduct and you have answered for it. At the words, shocked faces turned. The place for a captain to discipline an officer was the great cabin, not on deck within earshot of the entire watch. Aye, aye, sir, Kidd said thickly and clapped on his sodden cocked hat. The die was now irrevocably cast. Captain Rowley was taking it further to the august... Admiral Keith, commander of the Mediterranean fleet. Kidd turned stiffly and went below. This probably signalled the end of his naval career. Rage washed over him. It was not so much the shame and futility, but the unfairness that of all the ghosts from his past, it had been Rowley who'd come back to haunt him. After the fearsome Battle of the Nile two years ago, Kidd had distinguished himself in Minorca and at the Siege of Acre then gone on to uneventful but steady service in Tenacious at the long blockade of Toulon, rising from fourth to second lieutenant under the cautious but fair Captain Faulkner. He'd done well for himself, building experience and confidence, but now his hopes for substantial advancement in the fullness of time were crushed. When Rowley had stepped aboard as the new captain of Tenacious, he seemed shocked to find Kidd among the officers. The last time he'd seen him was on the night the famous frigate Artemis had struck rocks in the Azores. Kidd had been acting quartermaster at the Con, and he the officer of the watch. At the subsequent court of inquiry, Kidd had been prepared to testify against him, but, with other seamen survivors, had been hastily shipped out to the Caribbean as an embarrassment. Rowley, clearly troubled by Kidd's presence on this new ship, had reacted by making his life aboard Tenacious more and more difficult. It had been a hard time for Kidd, and now it had come to a head. Kidd bunched his fists as he relived the incident that had given Rowley the excuse to act. A squally spring northwesterly in the early hours of Kidd's morning watch had obliged him to shorten sail to topsails. He duly sent notice of his action to the captain, in accordance with standing orders, then had employed the watch on deck to work mast by mast, leaving the watch below to their sleep. A bell or two before the end of the watch, the squall had eased. East Indiamen and others had the comfortable habit of snugging down to topsails during night hours, but captain's orders specified that Tenacious, in common with most vessels in the Navy, must press on under all plain sail. Kidd's duty, therefore, was to set courses again. It would have been more practical, though, to leave it until the end of the watch, less than an hour away. After breakfast, both watches would be on deck to make short work of it. In any case, a pressing need for speed was irrelevant in the endless beat of blockade.